Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. I am once again your host, Mark Francis, and we are now embarking on part three of this little mini-series we are calling Easter is Over, Now What? So if you remember the first episode we dropped after Easter is um, where Scott Santmeyer shared with us, Go and Teach. The last one was Go and Bless, and we have Scott Santmeyer with us once again, our pastor of local outreach, to share the next level of what did the disciples do when they realized, okay, the resurrection's happened, <laughs> Jesus is risen, and now what? Yeah, so we were in Matthew, Mark, now we're in Luke, mm. uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Luke and those kind of those last final parting words of Jesus and then, you know, what those disciples did. So I'm going to go ahead. Uh, here we are at the end of, of Luke and it says, and he, this is Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And then he says, while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And after they were, were worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising God. Hmm. So after... 40 days in the presence of, of this risen Lord Jesus, uh, the disciples' response to, to his ascension is first to, to go back into the city of Jerusalem, the places that they live, work, and play. Mm. Um, but do you think that they were absolutely silent about what just happened? I don't think so. I, I just can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, it would be an, an emotional roller coaster sure. that they've been on. Uh, they have... They have lived with Jesus for three years now. In the in the past couple of months, uh, they have seen everything from amazing miracles to his his death, his resurrection, and then they have been with him uh, in his his resurrected body mm -hmm. and, and seen him do things uh, uh, like walk through walls and things like this. Yeah, right, and now he has ascended to heaven. And now they go back to the city. There's no way they were silent. And so it's their recognition that he is God and they know that. And what what is the most logical spot of where where have they been worshiping historically is they're going to the temple and they're going to go find their friends and they're going to share things. But there's this component of worship as a response that that sometimes we as a regular American in today's culture and society don't always grab onto. And unpack that for us. You know, when you see God for who he is, <laughs> we're going to respond in a way that elicits worship. And yeah. so their worship, and we can define that in many ways, but what do you see here in the scripture that of what the disciples did? Yeah, for them, I mean, they, they're actually going back into the temple together, you know, they, and they were, they were worshiping together. Uh, and, and, but then as we read in Acts, uh, which you know, Luke tags on as his mm. second his second book. There, mm -hmm. uh, they went house to house. So they mm. were they were in the temple, going house to house in their communities, proclaiming the good news. They were they were worshiping and celebrating Christ together, uh, and the whole world was watching. Mm. Mm. Literally, the whole world was watching, and and we'll see in Acts, you know where. Hundreds and thousands of people are added to their numbers daily almost. So, yeah. And and the, the cycle of just going to a 
temple or a location or a building is now being broken. This, this idea of needing to go into the holy place or needing to go into temple of a location based is now gone. So the fact that they're bouncing around and going from house to house and sharing with people and having these worship experiences essentially mm -hmm. outside of the temple is unique for them in that day. Sure. And, and I think we can, we can take something from that um, in our world and culture today. Yeah, because so often we think when we gather for worship, that's our time and only time of worship right. uh, in our week. Uh, we often forget that that worship should kind of explode from the gathering. Mm. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that that's kind of a, a a starting point for our times of worship. It's a time where we're encouraged. Uh, about who Christ is in our lives, and that should lead us to bigger and broader worship outside of it. Yeah, I've um, uh, I've kind of heard people say, "Well, it's it's the Sunday morning that energizes me for the week." Well, how about looking at it reversed? How about let's let the week and our worship energize us to, to what we bring on mm -hmm. a Sunday morning or a Saturday night here for sure. FSAT, and that is then pooling all of our. Um, of the believers together, all of the body of Christ together in, a, in one location where we have been energized through the week, through a life of worship that then exudes and explodes in a corporate gathering. Um, I, I would find that kind of reverse thinking to be actually could be beneficial. Yeah. And the disciples are experiencing that very thing. Mm -hmm. They're experiencing this overwhelming power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Uh, and, and whether that is while they are at their jobs, because mm. they're still working, mm -hmm. they, they still have things to do, yeah. or whether that's with their family or in the community, uh, they're seeing the Holy Spirit work and they're seeing, uh, they're seeing amazing things which propels them to worship. So in our own lives right now, what are those things that propel us to mm. worship? You know, for some of us, it's just being silent before the Lord and, and being in his presence. For some of us, mm. it's being out in creation and just seeing the handiwork of God. Sometimes it's song. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, it's a fellowship with other believers like the the disciples are doing, they're going house to house mm -hmm. and fellowshipping in each other's houses. There are so many things the Lord allows us to, to experience that lead us to him and lead us to him in worship. Yeah. And I, I love how these episodes have been calling us to go. There's a go component to each of these specific um, tasks, if you want to call it, that the, that the disciples did when they found out, okay, Jesus is alive. He was with us for 40 days. Now what? And there's a there's an outward component. And even where we say the word worship, where we think that's inward, there's an outward component to the world seeing us worship God. Sure. Through who we know, through what we know who of who he is and what yeah. he's done. And it should impact, you know, our worship should impact our daily lives. Yes. Uh, in a way that kind of springboards into into the world that we live, work, and play in. Mm -hmm. um, so again, um, at this post-Easter time, you know, are we worshiping the Lord with our whole being mm. in a way that that, that joy uh, becomes a springboard or a catalyst 
uh, to pointing people to the to the cross. I love it. So just recapping, go and bless. The second, go and um, I'm sorry. The first one is go and teach. Go and teach. The second is go and bless. And here we are is to go and worship and be sent that way. Well, I'm excited to have this fourth and final one. So be on the lookout for the next episode um, where we're still unpacking Easter is over. Now what? Um, so thanks again for watching and listening, being a part of our podcast. And we hope that this is encouraging to you where you can um, feel inspired and motivated and allow the spirit to lead you and guide you as um, you live your lives um, outside of Fellowship Bible Church. So until we chat again, let's let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. 